Welcome to Abide's Kids Bedtime Stories. I'm Tyler, and I'm continually encouraged day after day to remain or abide in my Creator, which in turn has helped me to grow in so many ways. And I hope you find that same encouragement as well as you listen today. And you can have full access to the Abide app commercial free. Just text the word ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off the Abide app. Just text ABIDE to 22433. All right, it's time to settle into bed and drift off to sleep with this bedtime story. Well, hello there. I'm Captain Thaddeus Cadiddle, and this, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. You're in for an adventure, my friend. So, all aboard, and welcome to Skyship Dreamer. Dream on. This is the Wonder Room, one of my favorite places in all the skyship. Oh, with these huge windows surrounding us with sky, and the floor windows as well, looking down on the clouds. (laughs) Oh, besides all the beauty and the wonder, it shows us a different perspective, which reminds me, if you're having trouble with someone being mean to you, Sometimes it helps to get a different perspective. Oftentimes we focus on the way somebody has wronged us and we miss the why. It doesn't excuse them being mean to you, of course, but when you ask God to help you see what's really going on, He'll show you something to help you understand. God's grace helps us see deeper than what's obvious. I learned this from a friend of mine. In fact, Tanya. Yes, Captain? I'm thinking our friend here would enjoy a certain story, the one about the ceramic pony. Ah, that's a good one. (laughs) I'll leave you to it. Thank you, Captain. Well, come right over here. And find yourself a comfy spot. Good. Now, take a deep breath. Relax. Listen to the story with your heart. And watch it with your imagination. This is The Tale of the Ceramic Pony by Stephanie Reeves. Mackenzie looked over her shoulder as she began her walk home from school. Dear God, she prayed, please, please, please don't let Tara follow me today. Every day for the last two weeks, 
Tara had followed Mackenzie as she walked the four blocks to her house after school. Then came the name-calling, the pushing, the shoving, the attacks. Yesterday, Tara even threatened to push her into the ditch along the road, which was filled with mud and heavy rain. But today, no Tara. What a relief. Home was in sight. And that's when she heard those awful footsteps she dreaded approaching behind her. Oh, no. Hey, where you going, Big Mac? You about to have a Mac attack? Please, Tara, Mackenzie replied. I just want to go home. Please, Tara, I just want to go home. You're so pitiful, and you go prancing around all day with your oh-so-pretty pink backpack that your mommy got you. You know what you can do with your pretty little backpack? Suddenly, Tara yanked the backpack off her shoulder. You want this? Tara teased her as she swung the backpack over her head. Tara, please give it back. Oh, did you say you want this? Tara swung her backpack around her like a lasso rope, then casually tossed it into the muddy ditch. Tara, you want it? Go get it. Tara punched Mackenzie in the arm hard. Then she walked away. You're just pitiful. Mackenzie looked at her pink backpack lying in the ditch, the one her mom bought her for her birthday. It was now splattered with gooey, dark brown mud. She didn't want to cry in front of Tara, but now that she was gone, Mackenzie let go of all her fear and anger and frustration. She now had a new name for this experience. Terrified. Mackenzie cleaned up her backpack with a garden hose as best as she could. The next day after school, Mackenzie was carrying a special art project she had made in ceramics class. It had finally been fired and painted and dried, and her teacher had said she did a fantastic job. She couldn't wait to show it to her parents, but she was so worried that Tara would show up She carefully wrapped the fragile piece and tucked it gently into her backpack and started the walk home. She quickened her pace, and when she looked up, her friend Robbie was just ahead of her. Robbie, wait up! Robbie, who had been her neighbor for as long as she could remember, usually had basketball practice after school, but she noticed a brace on his wrist today. What's the matter with your wrist? Oh, it's nothing. I just twisted a little when I fell during practice today. Coach won't let me practice until the doc says it's healed. Mackenzie's smile grew larger. That's great! Seeing Robbie's shocked expression, Mackenzie realized that was the wrong thing to say. I mean, it's not great that you got hurt and can't play, but it's great that now I can walk home with you. Robbie looked at her questioningly. It's not very far. You always walk home alone. I know, but you spend so much time at basketball practice, I'm just glad to be able to see you. I just don't get to see you very much anymore. Robbie stopped and looked at Mackenzie, one eyebrow raised. Kenzie, we eat lunch together at the same table every day. We have three classes together. What do you mean you don't get to see me anymore? What's going on? Embarrassed that her excuse didn't really work, Mackenzie hesitated. She didn't want to admit that she was scared of Tara, but after all, it was Robbie. He'd been her friend forever. He was like her brother. 
he'd understand. So she said, well, for the last couple of weeks, Tara's been following me home and giving me a hard time. She pulls off my backpack, and the other day, she threw it in the gutter. What? Why haven't you said anything? Have you told your parents? No, I I didn't want to make it seem like a big deal. What could they do anyway? But today, I got my ceramic pony back, and I just really don't want anything to happen to it. I'm afraid Tara might throw my backpack in the gutter again. Oh, man, Kenzie. I'm sorry. Don't worry. We'll walk home together today. Tara won't mess with me. Can I see it? The pony? Mackenzie carefully set her backpack down and opened the zipper. She withdrew the cloth-wrapped bundle, and like she was holding a delicate baby bird, she unwrapped it to show Robbie. Wow, Kenzie. This may be your best one yet. It's really, really beautiful. I can see why you were so worried it might get wrecked. The detail is amazing. That tail looks like it's actually real. Thanks, Robbie. You're the best. Wrapping it back up carefully, Mackenzie laughed and talked with Robbie the rest of the way home and never saw Tara. When they parted ways in front of Mackenzie's house, Robbie said, I'm sorry I can't walk home with you every day, Kens, but I should be able to for the rest of the week anyway, or until my wrist is better. That would be great. Thank you. I feel so much better not being by myself. Yeah, Robbie went on. But what's going to happen when I go back to practice? You really need to talk to your parents about it. This doesn't solve the problem. I know, I know, you're right. I'll do it at dinner. I promise. Thanks again for walking with me. And she went inside her house. Sometime later, after she had gotten her homework done, she heard her mom and dad coming in from the garage. They were laughing about something, like they often did. It was really great that they could ride together on the days mom helped out in dad's dental office. And she was glad that her dad was always able to be home for dinner, except when there was a meeting at church or something. He really was a great dad. He'd understand about Tara. She just hoped he wouldn't be mad and want to go charging to Tara's house. If he even knew where she lived, which he didn't. She hoped. He always told her she was his princess and he was there to protect her. Although he did tell her it was God who was her ultimate protector. He liked to quote Psalms 121 verses 1 through 3, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. I'm not always going to be able to be there, Kenzie, he would say. But God is. He is your very present help in times of trouble. Then he would kiss her on the head. Hearing them come in, Mackenzie grabbed her little ceramic pony and went to greet them in the kitchen. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. She said, I got my ceramics project back today. Mrs. Acker said I did a great job. She carefully unwrapped it for her parents. Hi, sunshine, Mackenzie's mom beamed. (gasps) Would you look at that? That's so great. Wow, Mackenzie, just wow. Your talent just keeps growing and growing. Well done. This definitely needs to be entered in the art show. Where should we put it? Her mom turned to her dad. Wow, that's really great, sweetheart. Look at all that detail. The glossy black hair and the mane and tail. 
and look at those peaceful eyes. You can really see their gentleness. Wow, it definitely needs a place of honor. Let's set it on the mantle in the living room. They all walked into the next room together, and Mackenzie's dad set the little ceramic pony right in the middle, under the painting of the sunflowers that Mackenzie had done when she was ten, and next to the pottery vase she had painted in preschool. Her parents were definitely sentimental. She went to bed that night, convincing herself that things weren't so bad with Tara. She didn't really need to tell her dad after all. The next day after school, Mackenzie looked for Robbie again, but didn't see him anywhere. She didn't want to be late getting home because she had piano lessons after school, so she started walking home alone. But as soon as she took the first steps, fear struck her heart. She didn't want to keep looking over her shoulder, but her stomach nodded with anxiety. Sure enough, a few minutes later, she heard footsteps running up behind her. Her heart pounded in fear. Hey! Hey, Mac! Tara called. Mackenzie heard giggles behind her and turned to see three other girls with Tara this time. She turned around and kept walking, holding onto the shoulder straps of her backpack. What's the matter, Mac? <laughs> Why'd your parents give you a boy's name anyway? <laughs> Mackenzie said over her shoulder. Just leave me alone, Tara. I'm not doing anything to you. She began to walk faster. Suddenly, she felt a jerk on her backpack. She cried out in pain as the straps bit into her shoulders. Tara pulled the pack off her back and flung it to the ground. Mackenzie felt tears beginning to fill her eyes. Knock it off! She yelled at Tara. Looks like I just did. <laughs> Suddenly, from a short distance away, she heard a shout. Hey, leave her alone. Mackenzie looked up to see Robbie running toward them. Her heart leapt. There may have been four of those girls, but Robbie was a big kid, and he'd come to her rescue. Go on. Robbie came up to the group around Mackenzie. Get out of here before I call the principal. He had his cell phone out to make it clear he would follow through. I'm going, said Tara, but not because you told me to. I don't need to waste my time here anymore. Mackenzie bowed her head as she heard the girls walking away. She let her hair hide her face as the tears began streaming down her cheeks. She felt Robbie's hand on her shoulder. Hey, you're okay now. They're gone. Mackenzie looked up at her friend with tears still falling. I waited for you, but when I didn't see you coming, I decided to just walk on my own. I'm sorry I didn't wait. Robbie picked up Mackenzie's backpack, brushed off the dirt, and handed it back to her. I'm sorry I was late. I had to stay after class to talk to Mr. Moore about our science project. I didn't know I'd be doing that or I would have let you know. Wow, I really wanted to punch Tara in the nose. Too bad my parents taught me not to punch people. Why is she doing this to me? Mackenzie asked him. I literally haven't done anything to her. They started walking again toward their neighborhood. I don't know, Kens, but I think you really need to tell your parents this time. I'm going to be starting back at practice next week. You can't be afraid every time you have to walk home. I know. I'll talk to them at dinner tonight. Mackenzie stayed in her room doing homework all afternoon in between bouts of playing with her cat, Thor. When she heard her parents come in, she heaved a sigh, <sighs> pushed herself off her bed, 
and trudged down the stairs. Her downcast look wasn't lost on her dad. What's up, sweetheart? You look like you just lost your best friend. Mackenzie plopped into her chair at the kitchen table while her mom put a few groceries away that they had picked up at the store. Dad, remember when you told me that you wouldn't always be able to be there for me, but that God always would? Yes. Well, why doesn't it feel like he's there for me? Her dad sat down in the chair next to her so he could look her in the eye. Want to tell us what brought up that question? Not really, but I know I should. She glanced at her mom, who had come to stand closer, and she put her hand on Mackenzie's shoulder, just like Robbie had done. Tears started filling Mackenzie's eyes again. It's this girl, Tara, from school. She's been doing mean things to me after school for a couple of weeks. What? Oh, honey. Then her dad took her hand. Tell us what happened. Over the next 15 minutes, Mackenzie poured out all that she had endured at Tara's hands over the last two weeks. The backpack in the gutter, the mean words, the shoving, the fear Tara had caused. All the while, her dad held her hand, and her mom kept her hand on her shoulder. When her tale was done, Mackenzie looked up at her parents to see determination and anger in their eyes. Her dad said, I think it's time to give a call to Tara's parents. Do you know what her last name is or where she lives? Anything else about her? Mackenzie shook her head and then said, But Dad, what if you talking to them only makes it worse? It might. But do you have any other suggestions for what we might do? Bullying is not acceptable. In fact, it's downright wrong. And something needs to be done about it. I won't have you afraid to walk a few blocks home from school every day. Mackenzie's mom kissed the top of her head. Why don't we start with an email to the principal? Mrs. Hooper would want to know what's going on, and I'm sure she'll know what to do next. What do you think? Mackenzie nodded her head. It sounded like a good place to start. She really liked Mrs. Hooper and knew that she would do the right thing. Hope began to build in her heart. What's for dinner? I'm starving. They all laughed and hugged, and then her dad said, Let's pray before we get started on that dinner. God knows what's going on. Let's ask him for wisdom and protection. Dear God, thank you for keeping Kenzie safe these last couple of weeks. That though she's been scared, you've kept her from being physically hurt. Thank you for Robbie and how he has come along to protect her when she needed it today and yesterday. I pray for Tara, Lord. You know what's going on in her heart. I pray that Mrs. Hooper will be able to help us deal with this situation. We thank you for always being with us, even when we sometimes can't feel it. Give us the wisdom we need. In Jesus' name, amen. The next day, right as school was ending, Mackenzie got a text from her mom telling her to meet her at Mrs. Hooper's office. The principal wanted to talk to them. Her heart beating quickly, Mackenzie made her way to the administration offices where both her mom and her dad were chatting with Mrs. Hooper. When Mrs. Hooper saw her, she smiled kindly. Hello, Mackenzie. I'm so sorry you've been dealing with this. We take bullying very seriously. Why don't you all come into my office where we can talk in private? 
When everyone was seated in the small seating area in Mrs. Hooper's office, she started writing. Mackenzie, I'm going to be taking notes about what you say. I need to make sure we have everything written down for the record. Is that okay? Mackenzie nodded her head. Okay. I just want you to tell me everything that's happened between you and Tara over the past couple of weeks. As Mackenzie told her story again, Mrs. Hooper took notes, often asking clarifying questions and encouraging Mackenzie to tell her all the details she could think of. When she was finally done, Mrs. Hooper put down her pen and pad and looked at Mackenzie and her parents. There are some things I think you need to know. Whereas I don't justify or condone Tara's behavior in any way, you need to know that about two and a half weeks ago, Tara's mother suddenly passed away. Mackenzie's parents both expressed shock at this news. Oh, no. Oh, boy. That's hard news. Mackenzie wasn't sure how to react. She sat stock still in her seat. Not only that, Mrs. Hooper continued, but we have had issues in the past with Tara's dad. Mackenzie's dad asked, What do you mean by issues? This is a matter of public record, Mrs. Hooper explained, so I'm free to share it. But Mr. Downs had to be escorted off campus a couple of years ago when he showed up, well, under the influence of alcohol, shall we say, when his son, Tara's older brother, was kicked off the basketball team for fighting. It appears that Mr. Downs is a bit of a bully himself. Mackenzie looked at her dad, a bit of fear in her eyes. It's a good thing you didn't call him then, Dad. Mrs. Hooper responded, Oh, yes. I wouldn't advise confronting Mr. Downs yourself, James. He's definitely not a safe person. So what can we do about the situation with Tara and Mackenzie, Mom asked. We can't just let this go. Oh, no, indeed, Mrs. Hooper replied. I have already initiated a meeting with Tara and her father. I will have one of my vice principals here with me. In fact, it's in about 20 minutes, so you might want to go ahead and leave so you don't run into them on your way out. They all stood, and Mackenzie's mom hugged Mrs. Hooper. Thank you, she said. We appreciate this very much. I'm sorry it has come to this, Mrs. Hooper said. Tara has been a good student. I really haven't had any trouble with her until now, but I think her father's um, disposition, shall we say, and her mother's sudden death have deeply affected her. We will be praying for sure, Mackenzie's dad said. Please let us know the outcome of your meeting. We will be taking formal steps following all the guidelines the school district has set, Mrs. Hooper said, while walking them to the door. I appreciate your prayers. Later that afternoon, Mackenzie heard the phone ring and her mom's voice answering. She couldn't hear anything else that was said, but a few minutes later, her mom and dad came up to her room and knocked on her door. Come in she answered. By the serious looks on their faces, Mackenzie knew her parents had gotten a call from Mrs. Hooper. Her mom started right in. Tara's been suspended. It's possible she'll be expelled, pending a review of her case. For right now, she can't come back to school for at least ten days. Mackenzie's eyes went big. Suspended? And maybe expelled? Wow, I... I mean, I know she's having a hard time with her mom dying and all, but I can't say I'm sad she won't be there. I, I just can't figure out why she decided to all of a sudden pick on me. 
Her mom sat beside her on the bed and put her arm around her shoulders. I don't know, honey. Maybe jealousy? I mean, you've got two pretty awesome parents. <laughs> Mackenzie giggled and pushed her mom with her shoulder. Seriously, though, her mom continued, it's possible she saw what you have and what she doesn't have and how kind and sweet you are and something inside her that's hurting just decided to lash out. Mackenzie was quiet for a minute. I feel kind of sorry for her, you know. I know we're praying for her and stuff, but sheesh, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but do you think there's anything we could do for her? You know, um, something nice? Seems like she doesn't really have anyone doing anything nice for her. Her parents glanced at each other, both with tears forming in their eyes. Oh, there's my sweet girl, her dad said. Leave it to you to want to be a blessing. Mrs. Hooper said we are not to have contact with Tara or her family ourselves, her mom said with a smile. But we can ask her what we might be able to do, possibly anonymously. I'll send her an email this evening. Her mom stood up. Now, come help me make dinner. Tara ended up serving a suspension for two weeks. When she returned, Mackenzie found herself facing her fear once again. The first day she was back, as Mackenzie and Robbie were making their way to a table at lunchtime, Tara approached them. Mackenzie could see Robbie bristle, ready to drop his tray in her defense if necessary, but she just whispered a quick, It's okay, I'm not afraid, to him, before turning to face Tara. To her amazement, Tara had tears in her eyes. Mackenzie, she said, her voice crackling a little, she cleared it and started again. <clears throat> Mackenzie, I'm really sorry for what I did. I was very mean to you, and you didn't deserve that at all. Mackenzie started to say something, but Tara held up her hand to stop her. Please, let me finish while I still have the nerve. Mackenzie closed her mouth, waiting for Tara to continue. I'm not mad at you or anything for telling Mrs. Hooper what I did. You were right to do that. Over the last couple of weeks, I've obviously had a lot of time to think. Mrs. Hooper arranged for me to meet with a counselor. Not a school counselor, but like a mental health counselor. And she really helped me to see that I wasn't angry at you. You've never done anything to me. I was really angry at my mom for leaving me. I mean, I know she died, and it's not like she chose to do that, but she's still gone. You know what I mean? Mackenzie felt tears start to form in the back of her eyes, and she didn't stop them as she looked at Tara. And I was also mad at my dad, mad that he hasn't really helped me, that he just <sighs> escapes. Anyway, you don't need to know all that. Here's the other thing. Over the last two weeks, someone has been sending me, us, stuff. Sometimes it's just a fun book to read. Sometimes it's been as big as a meal. My dad's not much of a cook. And I know some, but we can't have mac and cheese every night. And sometimes it would be a really nice picture that someone drew 
One time, there was even the most beautiful ceramic pony. She paused before continuing. Anyway, all those things really started to make me feel super good inside. Even when I looked at the outside and nothing had really changed. And you know what else this anonymous person sent me? A Bible. My mom used to read the Bible to me. I loved those times. But I've never had a Bible of my own. I've even been reading it and everything. Then she looked Mackenzie straight in the eye. I just wanted you to know. And I wanted to say I'm really, really sorry. And I won't ever, ever do anything like that ever again. Will you forgive me? Mackenzie was now crying openly, letting the tears just fall onto her lunch tray. She then turned to Robbie and handed him her tray, turned back to Tara, and gave her a big hug. Thank you for saying all that, Tara. It really means a lot to me. Of course I forgive you, and I'm so sorry about your mom. That must be really tough. Do you want to come sit with us? Really? Tara asked, her voice rising in pitch happily. That would be really great. Thank you. You're welcome. Mackenzie answered as she took her tray back from Robbie, who was looking at her with admiration in his eyes. As they walked to a nearby table, Mackenzie asked, So, what kind of books do you like to read? And the cafeteria hummed with conversation all around them. The Tale of the Ceramic Pony was written by Stephanie Reeves. Tanya was played by Tanya David, with John Fornoff as Captain Cadill. Sound design by Micah Touche. Music by Roger Hoover. Our producer, John Fornoff. Our executive producer, Russ Jones. Sky Ship Dreamer is a production of Abide from Guideposts and Circle Creative Media. Well, I hope you enjoyed our story. There's much more to come. Until our next voyage on Skyship Dreamer, keep dreaming. <laughs>